This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everyone? Welcome to It's Called Soccer. Today, we have a very special guest, the Leeds Lobby. It's a father-son duo that is tracking Leeds. They're from Leeds. They're huge Leeds fans. The dad goes all the way back to the 70s, and we have a new fan in the son as well over the last few years. So really excited to talk to Lee and Dan about this team, about Jesse Marsh, about Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, but just around the environment of the club, what it means to the community. I hope you guys enjoy this because it came from a comment on my channel as well. So guys, I do read every single comment I try to respond to everyone. If there are people that you want me to collaborate with on YouTube and talk to them and interview them, make sure to drop it down below. But otherwise, thanks so much for watching and enjoy this interview with the Leeds Lobby. See ya. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even the next season's early NFL futures, and of course, the best sport in the world, soccer. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. What is up everyone today on the channel? We are uh, just honored to be joined by the Leeds Lobby, Lee and Dan, a generational Leeds uh, channel today. So guys, just before we get into the, the club, the Americans that have joined recently, Jesse Marsh's end to the season last season, just tell us, tell our audience about what your channel's about. Who are you guys? We started the channel on on, on Father's Day uh, this year, so only about three or four weeks ago. Um, and I I lost my dad back in 2021. And my dad was uh, you know, a big Leeds fan. I had trials for Leeds back in the day. And he, he sort of hails from the Peter Lorimer and Billy Bremner sort of era. We've all got a bit of an era with our football clubs where we think about the players that are important to us and the players that we remember in our in our golden era. For me, it's probably Strachan and Batty. Um but, uh, but but I can remember Dan wasn't really that bothered about football, but, but sat and watched the first two or three games after that point with me. But I sat knowing that I wasn't going to be able to talk about it to my dad. Mm. Uh, and, and I think Dan really, really caught on and, and, and got really, really interested in, in football just this last 12 months. But you've, you've really taken to, yeah. really taken to the, the, the history of the club. Um, it helps that we've had a couple of documentaries out that have been really really well received yeah, and Le- Leeds is a fantastic club yeah it's just something I enjoy on a on a daily basis so the, I mean this particular part of the season for us is a, is, a, is a, I mean you probably call it a draft in the, in the States but from my point of view it's our transfer window um, and it's a really really good time to be a Leeds, Leeds fan we're playing a good brand of football at the minute which this is, is the best window I've had since the um, O'Leary era as someone said I, I definitely think so um, so we want to chat about Leeds we want to chat about it from a uh, a generational point of view in the sense that I, I probably remember more about, about Leeds going back in the past and can make analogies as to what, what it's like compared to what it used to be. Dan's reasonably knew about it, but he's got, I mean, he, I mean, he, so he's like a, he's like, you know, he's like a sponge in terms of the information he's soaking up. He knows about players I've never even heard of. 
Um, so we, we like to put information out there and, and, and talk about Leeds because it's all we talk about at the dinner table. Yeah, that's really yeah. how this channel started as well. Just really trying to find ways to interact with more fans, just bring more people into the game. And obviously in the US, the game is growing at an exponential rate, but there's there's a lot of people that are kind of where you are, Lee, have been following the sport for years and years and years, and then other people that have just gotten into it in the last few. So it's great to have you both on. And maybe we can just start there with kind of the history and what Leeds means to you guys, because the audience that's watching this might have taken you know note of Marcelo Bielsa or now Jesse Marsh, the coach. So really only the last few years. So for those types of fans that are looking to learn more about Leeds and the history, just give us a sense about what Leeds United means and what the club is to the community. I mean, Leeds, Leeds were, you know, going back to probably the time when I was born, right about seven, late 70s, Leeds were, you know, a, a massive, massive club. We're still a massive, massive club, but Leeds were dominant in, the, in what was then the old first division. Um, and it, it was um, after that period, Leeds got relegated. We were down for about eight years. And, and the last two or three seasons before we, we, were, we were due to come back up into the, 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 the old first division is when really I came, I came into football, probably around about the age of 10, 11 years old. Um, we'd got a new manager called Hal Wilkinson, who seemed to want to buy all the Sheffield Wednesday players at the time. Um, and we, we were just making this transition into a, into a club that was you know, raising their their eyes and, and, and looking to see where we could be. It was back in the day where a team could come up and then challenge to win the first division. So much of a difference now between teams like Man City and Liverpool that seem to have really, really deep pockets. There's oil money involved with football nowadays where some of these teams can spend masses of money uh, to buy whoever they want and upgrade their grounds. Uh, but back in that day, we were literally two seasons up and we were winning the old first division. Um and that was a good. It was a good time for Leeds, and and, and we were there or thereabouts, top four, top five, top six, um, and then of course we we had um, a guy called Peter Risdale took over as chairman. Uh, there's a I'm lot being written, a lot being said <laughs> about Peter Risdale in terms of his money management. Um, He's off, now on the championship board of financial fair play directors. So there are anecdotal <laughs> sort of stories about offering players more money than they even wanted when in negotiations, <laughs> uh, and uh, and as a result, we 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 gambled heavily on, on going to the Champions League final and winning the Champions League and we went out in the semis and and as a result um, we rapidly had a race to the bottom and we, we were close to bankruptcy and in one, we actually got declared bankrupt um, and we got docked the points for financial fair play that caused us to go down two divisions and it's been 16 years coming back but in that time we've been selling out the stadium we're a massive, massive club our city has one football club that is a, a, a professional football club, and that's Leeds United. The city of Leeds loves loves Leeds United. There are many people who don't even come from Leeds and in some cases have, have not grown up in Leeds who support Leeds United on account of the fact that we've got this illustrious past with such a big club. And it's great to see us back where we need to be, back where we should be. And then obviously there's, there's, there's new fans like Dan coming along um, and, um, and, and again, getting a passion for the club and seeing what's going on and, and um, obviously, it means something a bit different to you, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's um, it's just something to, to sort of break the loop in it because it just gives you gives you something to to watch every now and then. Watch on Saturday. Quite disappointed today because Man U beat Liverpool four 0 <laughs> so that's a bit disappointing. But um, yeah, it's it's so different 
when the season breaks and it's it just feels different now when you've got no football for ages because mm-hmm. it just it fills that that void really. And I think the interesting thing about football as well um, is, like for example, Leeds United and Chelsea. There's an FA Cup match that took place. Probably, you know, honestly, when I was in the eye to a grasshopper, where they absolutely kicked lumps out of each other to the point where there's, there's still, all these years later, enmity between Leeds and Chelsea. The stuff that, that take, took place probably around the time I was born between Leeds and Derby County that causes these clubs to have enmity with each other. It always kicks off at the Leeds-Chelsea match, though, even this season. What a fight with Rudiger, there was always. And, it's, and the players on the pitch begin to get a feeling from that from the fans. Because, I mean, you've been to a sports stadium, you've been to see a football match, they, 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 they're electric. They're absolutely electric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best, best fans. Yeah, you would say Ellen Road is a patronage that a lot of people need to get to to see yeah. and to feel. Yeah, I think if you ask, a, um, you ask somebody who is uh, in the middle, who's, who's, who's not partisan in any way, a neutral, what, what, which, which crowd you'd find Ellen Road is, is, is pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Yeah. So you mentioned kind of the fighting spirit of Leeds and the last few coaches seem to have really embodied that with a legend like Marcelo Bielsa leaving at the end of last, well, towards the end of last season and Jesse Marsh now coming in. What was the experience for Leeds at the end of the season last year, just fighting for safety in the Premier League? Um, I think that it was, if we had have gone down, it would have been absolutely heartbreaking because the club went down for 17 years out of the Premier League and then finally the the guy who was meant to bring us back up brought us back up and then if he got sacked and we went back down like two seasons later it would have been absolutely horrible because the last time that I even on the on the last day of the season it was perfect because I got a recommendation in my YouTube like fan cams of the last time Leeds went down <laughs> yeah. and it was just it was heartbreaking because obviously we've we've only just managed to manage to you can't play your way out of the out of the championship you have to claw your way out and that's mm-hmm. that's um, something Dom Revy said like our most successful manager but if if we had have gone down it would have been absolutely horrible but luckily we didn't and um, we're looking at Wolves first game of the season but I think yeah, now coming to Leeds made a big made a big impact because he he just changed the ethos and the fitness at the club um, he had a relatively small squad I mean I think some of the strengths in that first season in the premiership became weaknesses because we had a different style of play. Um, and I think the unfortunate thing from Bielsa, he was so committed to that style of play. Um, and it was this pressing, pressing play. So f- from Leeds United's point of view, there was a, a double crossover on the wings. Yeah. So the winger would cross over, the, the, the fullback would cross over with the winger and then cross over again. Yeah. And this would, this always creates space. See, just to get an idea of how, of how much running these players were doing, how fit they were, our, our manager Bielsa had cottages built around the training ground so that players could essentially live there for weeks. Yeah, I think that's he had a, a, a training practice called Murder Ball as well, yeah. which was yeah. like no no fouls, no, no rules. Um, so now what, what's the feeling now with Jesse Marsh then? Because he is seen as another kind of physical manager, a lot of running involved, but maybe a little bit different style. I think, I think Jesse's... Um, People have made comments about the fact that Jesse has walked into other clubs and basically let the players know they're all going to be improving their fitness. I don't think he's had to do that with Leeds United. Um, I, I think that Bielsa's defensive style was very much about man-to-man marking over the whole pitch. And some of the some of the, the smart managers in the league figured out very very quickly into the second season that 
enabled to be able to draw fullbacks and draw centre-halves out of position very, very easily in order to create space. And that's one of the reasons we got broke down. And I don't think Bielsa showed an, an ability to adapt. I think that was his main weakness. One thing that excites me with regards to Jesse Marsh is his, he seems to be, to me, a, a very good man-manager in the sense that he seems to be very, very amenable. He's, he's suddenly able to put an arm around a player. Um, he's the type of manager you probably want in your corner when you're having a bad game. Um, but somebody that's able to encourage and somebody that's able to get the best out of the player. That's what excites me because yeah. we have a, we have some we have some good players. We have some really, really good players. Yeah. I think one of the problems with Bielsa is that um, if you watch the games, whenever a player came off because he was having a bad game or a player came off injured, he didn't bat an eye. He, he, couldn't, this, he couldn't speak a word of English. He never, yeah. he never learned English for some reason. He had so a translator he, he would, with him the whole time. Who do you, yeah, so who do you go into to get the players riled up at half-time when we're 2-0 down? Whereas Bielsa can't can't communicate with them. He could probably communicate with a couple of the of the um, of the bilingual players like Patrick Bamford. But um, who do you who do you get in? And when we as soon as Bielsa was sacked, I saw I um, I looked up Jesse Marsh on YouTube because that was like the front runner. And there was a video of him giving an inspirational talk to the players in at German. Salzburg. In um, in he went from German to English. He spoke in pretty much every language. But um, and it was it was when they were two 0 down against Liverpool, I believe, and they ended up losing, but they lost four three. So they did they did give it a fight, and um, yeah, I think it just brings that that control over the dressing room where he can sort of take the dressing room by by the reins and sort of encourage all the players. And I think one thing that's that's also very very important, and one thing that's very indicative of, of how well regarded he is in his dressing room is the fact that. There are lots and lots of players that are that are wanting to come to Leeds United and play under Jesse Marsh, and there are t- there are players that have played with him, that have linked up with him in the past. Yeah, Aaron sort of like Stephen Gerrard esque, like how Gerrard brought yeah. Coutinho into Villa because obviously they had the links there. I think Marsh is doing the same thing. They want to play for him, and 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 that's also given us a a different group of players that we can select from. Um, people are very concerned about the fact that Leeds have brought so many players in, and they're also concerned about the fact that Leeds have brought. Red Bull players in, and even some players, some people have seemed to be concerned that we brought all Americans in. I don't know why, but for me, if we've got players that have played, and you've got you've got a spine of new players that are coming in that have all played together and understand the system and understand the manager, that's got to be a good thing because they've got to, they're more likely, in my, in my opinion, to hit the ground running. And that's what I think we're going to see from Leeds United. I think we're going to be pushing yeah. on towards European qualification. I think it, it helps yeah. that most of the, I mean, we've we've we bought in three players who have played under him before. And um, I think it's it's so obvious that like we brought in three players and they all, without a doubt, would would be managed with thought by him again, which shows how, yeah. how 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 much of a relationship he has with the players that he manages. So let's talk a little bit then about that transfer window that's still ongoing. But you guys have brought in a lot of players. You've lost some important players as well, in Calvin Phillips and um, Rafinha. Rafinha. It looks to be out on the outgoing side. So Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson, obviously players that are American and played under Jesse Marsh before, but also Roca and Sinistera look to be great players as well. So what's the feeling around the fan base going into this next season, having such uh, a, an immense amount of incoming transfers? I think it's really optimistic. I think there's, there's a real, there's a, like a proper sense of, of um, fans expecting big, um, a big season ahead. But then again, last season, we we'd come off the back of finishing ninth, and everyone was talking about Europe. So I think everyone, everyone's like sort of keeping it quietly optimistic in case we have another season like last. But I think 
I think we we could do well. I think one of the main problems is that um, we seem to we seem to evaluate players via YouTube clips. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's quite funny actually because early on in the transfer window, it was looking like Rafinha was going to go to Arsenal, and all these Arsenal fans were all doing Rafinha best bits videos, only to find that Rafinha's actually going to Arsenal. Made them look a bit silly, really. But they all admitted that uh, Rafinha was better than Saka and all of all we, of the whole. We've all seen players that look amazingly good on YouTube, and I, I dare say on, on your best day on a, on a football pitch, uh, if you were just to pick your best bits, you'd look a much better player than mm-hmm. if you, if you got all your bits in in that regard. Um, but I think one, one thing that one thing that gets me is that is that with the American players that are coming in, um, I think Tyler Adams and both both Tyler Adams and Aronson are both system players. They're both players that will play well within a particular system. And that system is a system that Jesse Marsh is, wants to play. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I saw Rocker, who's obviously the player that, that, that Tyler Adams is going to be playing alongside. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that got me is his is, is tenacity in winning the ball back. And I've heard that also about about um, about Tyler Adams. So that makes me, that makes me excited because Particularly in England, when we when we've got players that give their all and that run and run and run and run and run, those players tend to do very well. They're very popular players because they, they look like they give everything for the club, and that's what you want. That's you want to see your team trying, even if they lose. Yeah, I've been watching Tyler Adams since he was 16 years old in the New York Red Bull Academy. How good is and, he? How good is he? I can he? tell you right now that he he will be loved by the fans because of his tenacity, because of his passion for play. Uh, in the last game that we played against El Salvador, he dragged someone by the shoulders and threw him down. No, no emotion on his face, anything. He's just a warrior on the pitch. It, it's yeah, really I, awesome to see. We're tightening him out to be captain. We think that he could be the captain because Marsh has made him captain a few times. Yeah, and actually, as an 18-year-old, Jesse Marsh did an interview with The Athletic uh, yeah. talking about how they yeah. were considering giving him the armband at 18 years old. Yeah. But um, I think there's, there's, there's something... It's a bit strange because Julian Nagelsmann, arguably the best young manager in the world, is like probably one of the one of the next like upcoming like Jose Mourinho's or something because he is a he's a brilliant manager, and he's he's, he's not even he's not, I don't think he's even forty five yet, but he 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 saw fit to start Tyler Adams in a Champions League semi final, but most Leeds fans aren't even convinced that Tyler Adams is good enough to start against against um, Newcastle or or Southampton. I don't say that. Yeah. Um, if you've seen the the Leeds fans on the social media who were talking who were talking about him, quite quite um, not not very happy. I think they they wanted the Mo Kamara, but um, yeah. he ended up Adams, and I think he's a good player. But there's quite a few people who um, aren't convinced by him. I think I think one of the problems is that with with having Calvin Phillips in that in that holding midfield role and just having one player in that holding midfield role, I think one of the issues has been that. When Calvin Phillips hasn't been in the side, Leeds have, have performed badly in terms of the results. I think what's different with with this particular system is I think Tyler Adams is going to be sitting alongside Mark Roker. He's he's there's going to be two people fulfilling that role, and it seems to me that that's going to allow Christensen on one side and whoever sits in that left hand berth to push up the field as as wing backs rather than left backs. Mm. What that basically does is that is that allows your two centre halves to move out. If, if necessary. So let's say, for example, uh, Furpo on one side is, is, is bombing up the left wing as a, as, a, as a left back, a left wing back. What it's going to allow is it's going to allow the, the corresponding centre-half to move over to cover. And then you've got Tyler Adams dropping back. 
in, in, in producing almost a back three, allowing those wingers to go further forward. So yeah. Tyler Adams is never really going to be an attacking player. It's not what he's meant to do. It's, mm-hmm. it's Matt Roker that's supposed to be the playmaker. And for me, looking at ta- looking at player Mo Kamara, who, who plays as a, a sole central defensive midfielder, y- y- you're sort of comparing apples and pears, really, because I think Tyler Adams plays a different role. And and I'm, I, I think he's... I don't think there's many players, I think, that in that age, because I also think youth is really important with this, because <laughs> they get older, they get better. I don't think there's many players on the world stage that are, that, that, that are at that age that are, there might be one or two who I'd rather have in that position playing under this manager. Because I think the manager will get a lot out of him as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, for being 23 years old, he already has six or seven years of professional football under his belt. And he has played in that position before where he's been the one to drop in between the center halves for the U.S. uh, and really hold possession with the three in the back while the wingbacks push forward. So I think you guys have an amazing player and all of the American fans that are looking at it from the perspective of we're going into a World Cup year, hoping to have him get a lot of playing time. If he does play in that double pivot with Roca, uh, who is a bit better of a passer, it's going to be really good, I think, for both sides, the Leeds fans and the the U.S. men's national team fans. I think U.S. U.S. have have now their biggest opportunity that they're ever really going to get to um, to manage to push on in and get and go far in a World Cup because you've obviously got a lot of good players at the minute. You've got Pulisic, you've got Giorena, you've got Weston McKenney, you've got quite a few really good players. And I think now is really for the United States men's national team. It's really the 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 best opportunity that you're going to get. I think you're yeah. going to give us yeah. a bit. Of, I think you're <laughs> going to give us a bit of a scare in that group. Um, I really do. Um, and the thing is, we go. We'll, we will be going into World Cup supporting Leeds. <laughs> so, I said this year on 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 the text. I know from our point of view, um, club is club is everything in in, mm. in in regards to to where we're at as Leeds fans at the minute. So we'll be looking to see, you know, our Ameri- our new American signings. We'll be looking to see them playing well. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it definitely is. I didn't believe you when you said you were going to wear your US kit during the World Cup, but I'll have yeah, to send you guys some. Yeah, you need to get them. <laughs> we might not win the playing one, but I think I think it's going to... Maybe it, versus Iran and Wales. I said, how, I said to my dad, how would you feel if um, the, the World Cup final and uh, Tyler Adams slips it through for Brendan Aronson to, to knock England out in the final? How would how would you feel? <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. All right, right. We'll, we'll see how, how those uh, emotions conflate with each other. But Dan, you mentioned some other uh, American players. We're still in the transfer yeah. window. Do you think Leeds should bring in any other US-based I, players? We were talking earlier on saying there's not really many American strikers who are performing. Uh, I don't know if you know any American strikers, but um, I know there's, a, there's a fair few, but I don't know if any of them are really prime quality. That's really our issue right now with the national yeah. team, at least, is our goalkeeper situation and our number nine situation is really okay. up there. Goalkeeper, yeah, so, right there, you got Horvath, Stefan. Yeah, it's an interesting position for us as fans that yeah. have been, you know, for a few decades where we had Tim Howard, Casey Keller. We've yeah. had goalkeepers that have been at the height of the English Premier League for a long yeah. time. And now we have Zach Stefan, Ethan Horvath, and Matt Turner, who are all playing as the second on the depth chart. So Zach Stefan is going to be loaned from Man City. Uh, he won't yeah. get much playing time. Yeah, Ethan Horvath has just been loaned to Luton. And yeah, and then. But I think that that stems from I think the manager has said um, the manager has told 
the keepers that if they want to contend for that number one spot in the World Cup, then they're going to have to be playing, playing it week in, week out. And I think that's why you'll find that all, all three of your main keepers have made moves this window. I think the manager yeah. has said to them, you're going to have to be playing week in, week out if you want a chance in the World Cup. Yeah, it's tough too, because if you ask a lot of US fans, Matt Turner is probably who we would want to see as the number one. But in the current situation, he's probably the one that will get the least amount of playing time going into the World Cup because yeah. he'll be second at Arsenal. He's a good, a good keeper. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys about Brendan Aronson because he's someone that has had a really incredible rise over the last few years. Um, and he's played for Marsh and Salzburg before, more as an inside forward, but he was playing at the top of a diamond last season for Salzburg. So how do you think he'll set up in Marsh's system? I he can... He's he's um, done interviews in the past where he said his biggest inspiration is Phil Foden, and that's he says that's the player he tries to emulate when he plays. So that means he plays he plays as an attacking midfielder, but he loves to get involved in the front line and um, and and chip in with a few goals and a few goal contributions. So I can see him playing as a winger, but then presuming we're playing as as one up front, if you have the two wings and then the one up front, I think he will be behind. I, I get my finger on the screen. He will be behind, but it will come up to um, sort of um, get involved in a two-up-front situation. I, I think he's going to be horrible to play against. I, I just I just think that he's just going to be so annoying. You know, like, I can imagine him just being, like, just really, really irritating to play against. And this is what this is what I like about him, because he, he, just, he just seems to get where water can, almost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of how, how, he, how he's able to... to you know, and I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to seeing. It. And one thing I like, and one thing that's been frustrating as a Leeds fan, when with Bamford being out of the side, we don't seem to have had a lot of players with composure in front of goal. Mm-hmm. I know, as a, as a, as a US uh, soccer fan watching the national team, if you've not got a striker, that's that's bad news. As, but it's okay if you've got three or four other players that can weigh in with goals from midfield, from the wings. It, it's not such a bad thing. What we mm-hmm. had last season was really one or two players that were able to bring goals. Rafinha, who's obviously leaving. Uh, Jack Harrison, who really, really seems to be totally underrated. He's had some time in the MLS. Um, he got one goal less than Rafinha, one assist less than Rafinha. And he's somebody that really, really... I, I really, really rate him. Yeah, he gets a lot of it from but the But he's, he's such a good player. Yeah. Um, and, and so much energy. Um, but again, like I say, he's been at the MLS. There's a lot of, there's a lot of going on with regards to franchising. Um in, in the in, in, in the MLS Europe, at the minute with regards to City, with regards to Red Bull and connections mm. with Europe, so they're really, really building. This is one of the reasons yeah. why I think the American game is is coming on. Uh, even in, Gareth in, Bale in a big way. to um even Gareth Bale going to the MLS is massive for you. But we, uh, we, we were we were shy in front of goal and yeah. this was a this was a real mm. problem. And I think Aronson he, he looks like he's got an eye for goal, looks like he knows where the back of the net is, which Working alongside the, the top end of that midfield, I think it's, the fans are going to love yeah. him. Like you said, I think he's going to be a fan. I favorite. think Weston McKenney would be a good signing for Leeds as well because we are we do seem to be in for all of the American players like Daryl Dyke. We were in for in January and he went West Brom. But I think Weston McKenney would be a would be a good shout if we are signing more American players. Yeah, I think from our side, we'd be happy to have more players building chemistry going into that World Cup as well. Yeah, I, think I think what you'll find. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think what you'll find with Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson are they are two players that play at the level. Like they always need a next level to get to, to be pointing towards. And they always reach over and above 
that level that they're playing to. So again, like Brendan Aronson kind of saved our qualification in CONCACAF because we didn't really have a number nine that was scoring. Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna both got injured in the first few games and Brendan Aronson was really the only one that was producing goals for the team as a midfielder and as a wide player. So I think, yeah, yeah you guys as fans have two <laughs> really, yeah. And then imagine, right, if Leeds are playing a more uh, pressing style, Jesse Marsh doesn't really care about possession. He's really all about building yeah. uh, opportunities by winning the ball back in dangerous oh. attacking areas. If you if you turn the ball over and as a defender or as a ball carrier, you have to deal with Brendan Aronson. And then if you beat him, the next one up is Tyler Adams. Those are two bulldog of players that are really difficult to get past and they're going to bother you all game. They both have engines that can go 90 minutes, 120 minutes. Yeah. yeah so I guess just overall then, what is the feeling going into the next season? Give us a little bit of a preview and an expectation for this next season. What can fans expect from Marsha's squad? Uh, you can expect that we will stay one of the more entertaining mid-table teams. Obviously, sacking Bielsa, it won't be as on the edge of your seat football, but I think we will be one of the more entertaining teams regarding that we're still staying as a, as a pressing team. But um, definitely, I would be buzzing with 12th to 9th place would probably make me happy. I th I would love to see us at the bottom end of those European spots. We're definitely in a, in a, in a building phase, so you know we're not we're not going to be winning the league. Uh, let's let's be I mean, a couple be of Leicester. Nah, I don't think we're going to be winning the league. <laughs> I think it goes catastrophically wrong with some of the sides. But I mean, one of the main issues we had last year was depth of squad. We brought six players in. Uh, and, and most of these, pretty much all of these players look like their first team acquisitions. So we've got a depth of, of squad that we didn't have before, which is something we've not had in the Premiership. Um, and I mean, Christensen on our right-hand side, who's also a Jesse Marsh signing, played in before. He looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, and you know, I've had somebody say to me, he'll be like, give me your boots, give me your bike <laughs> and give me the ball. You know, he's going to be, he's going to, uh, seriously, this guy, I've seen him lifting weights it just looks like a monster he is and he's, he's a viking so you've got you talk about tenacity and also you've got that as well in the side it's just it's just going to provide a little bit of change for this i'm really optimistic i know there are some people that are that are not lee's always seem to make it difficult for himself somewhere down the line but i um i'm, I'm hopeful optimistic. that we will be finishing seventh eighth this season you said that last season though when we ended up losing a bet to some forest fans where we had to wear a forest shirt <laughs> I think you you surprised <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, right, in that first season under Bielsa, and then it kind of went away last season. But maybe that helps to kind of consolidate your position in the Premier League and kind of give yourselves a leg up yeah. at just like consolidating that mid-table position. Yeah, uh, definitely, that's the case. Yeah, yeah. So I guess one thing the, I'll ask you, I mean, do you, yeah, what do you know about the about the Forty Niners franchise? Because obviously, from our point of view. Um, I think the 49ers now have a, they don't have a major stake in Leeds United, but they have, they don't have a controlling stake, but they're getting on for that. And I think there are, uh, there are agreements that are in place for them to eventually take over the whole of the club. What can we expect to see in terms of cash injection and, and sporting ethos from that point of view? Yeah. I mean, if, if people don't know, actually Jesse Marsh is not the first kind of American connection to Leeds, right? As you have this 49ers minority ownership that came in, I think from the 49ers organization perspective, and I am not the best person to talk about American football, but they are a team and an organization that looks to invest heavily in their squad. They just built a, 
uh, I guess 10 years ago, a brand new stadium in San Francisco, Levi Stadium, that is immaculate. It's something that a lot of people want to get to from the American football standpoint. So I think you have a, a business from the U.S. that is looking to invest heavily in a team that will eventually get their stake back, right? It's it's something for the future for them. And the more that they can have uh, players like Calvin Phillips and Rafinha that are developing and being sold for a lot of money, the more that they can keep the team in the top half, maybe even push for those European positions, it's all in their best interest to do so because they're going to look at it as an investment of their cash, but they're not going to be afraid to do that. And from what I've seen with their American football team, they they are wanting to be one of the premier franchises in the U.S. So I think whether you know you keep your your owner there with the minority stake of the 49ers franchise or the 49ers franchise takes over as a majority stakeholder in Leeds, you have an organization that uh, has a foundation. They have a history in being able to invest and really wanting to see their team succeed and, and being really organized about that. So there's people like Todd Bowley, right? The new owner at Chelsea. Uh, he yeah. is kind of seen as one of the best owners in the U.S. for the Dodgers franchise, the baseball franchise. I think you can expect something very similar to that with the 49ers, although they have you know a, a committee of people that are looking over that organization, looking over that investment. Yeah. So I can't really say specifically like on who that person would be to come in and handle kind of the business uh, side of things, but from an administration piece and, and an investment piece of what they're doing in San Francisco, I think you have a lot of things to look forward to in the future. Brilliant. Yeah. One one question I've got is um, the scarfs behind you. There's no lead scarf there. You got a QPR one, an Arsenal one. Where's where's the lead scarf? Yeah, I have to get there. Usually, when I travel somewhere, I'll get a scarf from wherever that is. But maybe we can do some type of kits kit swap. I'll send you a US uh, or maybe a New York Red Bull scarf, and and you guys can send over a Leeds Leeds memorabilia. But or I'll, I'll just get up to you guys before um, I, I'm in London. I'm in England for the time being, so I'll have to come up and see Ellen Road. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else? good chatting yeah it's been it's cool been yeah talk. likewise all right tell the people where they can find you yeah and and well we're leads lobby um so we're on youtube uh we're also on twitter if you want to follow us on twitter but the leads lobby uh, by all means you know subscribe and, uh, and share the content let us know what you think and um we, we we've been building the channel now for just just three or four weeks uh but we're growing quite quickly we've got over two thousand subscribers and uh, we're looking to obviously push on and and uh, obviously increase the content yeah awesome all right thanks guys so much for joining appreciate it thanks for having us on this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.